We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, this is Jill from The Container Store. Oh. Is there something wrong? I just thought a virtual designer would be a cool robot. I could do a robot voice if that helps. Maybe. Hi, I am Jill. Let's design. Nope, absolutely not. Regular voice, thank you. Yeah, I'm not good at impressions. Enjoy free virtual in-home closet design and up to 25% off closet systems with The Container Store's custom closet sale. The Container Store, where space comes from. It's time! You asked for it, and you got it at BruceBuffer.com. Championship introductions at a special rate are now provided for all of you as a keepsake for life, like you are being introduced like a champion in the cage. Just go to BruceBuffer.com. Specials for championship introductions, weddings, birthdays, voicemail, and business recordings. I'm here for you if you need me. Check me out at BruceBuffer.com. It's time with Bruce Buffer. And now it's time for the voice of mixed martial arts. We are it's Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer. Buffer. Total Wine & More announces points with a purpose. Now through September 13th, collect five times points on wines and spirits. Points earned equals a matching donation to local charities. Up to $2 million in total. Shop with us today or visit TotalWine.com. Terms and conditions apply. From the shores of Malibu where the waves are pumping, to the Great Wall of China and back to the streets of Las Vegas where the UFC is coming, we are live this is it's time radio the show where we talk about what you think about but may be afraid to voice do not worry we will voice it for you we talk about everything on its time we are called basically no holes barred nhb radio and we'll show you and prove that to you today none other than with my co-host tj DeSantis, but especially with our special guest host the inevitable sammy phillips the beautiful the sensual and the birthday girl happy birthday sammy Ooh, wow. Thank you for that beautiful um, and rousing birthday wish. I love you guys so much. I, we love you too, honey. The Beatles love you too. We're all here to say happy birthday to you. Ooh. Are you going to, are you, do you know, do you tell people your age, Sam? Oh, I, I turned 53. Yeah. And you look beautiful. As a matter of fact, um, our show promo this week will have a wonderful picture of you from your penthouse days. And not that you're not gorgeous and beautiful right now, Sammy. As I always say, the sensual Sammy Phyllis. But my gosh, did you stop traffic when you were younger? I mean, did you ever go through a whole day without one guy not asking your name or trying to, you know, proverbially hit on you? Yeah, no, there's there's quite a few. It's funny. <laughs> 
It's always the ones that you want that don't want you and, and the ones that you don't want that want you. Uh, I think that works for both sides of the uh, male and female genre, shall we say? <laughs> it works both ways, definitely. You know, stopping traffic or not, I'm sure people could say the same thing about you, but, you know, I'm sure there's girls that you can't get, even despite the fact that you are Bruce Buffer. Oh. I mean, right? Yeah, usually they're married, Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> And there's and there's been others that have been exceptions, but I have my rule, and you know my rule. I do not ever, ever, uh, other than saying hello and how are you, uh, get involved with married women or women that are involved in serious committed relationships. I think that's just a problematic situation waiting to blow up. Yeah, of course. Like my, like my car when I get into it, <laughs> you know? Amen. So, yeah. Yeah, so I, I like karma. I love my karma, so we'll keep it at that. But, Sammy, happy birthday. It's great. We got a really cool... Show today, lots of subjects, but I'm listening to the peanut gallery, and somebody else has not wished Sammy Phillips and given her his love. Yeah. Happy birthday. What's going on here? There's somebody else on the, in the room, isn't there? Where, where's the love? I'm not feeling the love from TJ DeSantis. Where, where is the, where's the love? Who do you think played the damn Beatles song? That's the Beatles. That's not TJ. You still okay. have to voice if, something. If I, don't, if I don't press the button, nobody hears it, and I just didn't want to interrupt. You hadn't thrown it to me yet, so, geez. Happy well, let's throw the show over to my co-host, TJ DeSantis. Happy belated birthday, Sam. Oh, thanks. It's only belated by a day. <laughs> well, yeah. apparently my my uh, well wishings were so delayed that I get yelled at for it. So, <laughs> <laughs> Look, if I don't bust your, you know what, Sammy's going to do it for me. So balls, His balls. There you go. Thanks, Sammy. Always need you to make sure you end my sentences. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, listen, we've got to just touch on a couple of UFC things. Um, I've been on the road for the UFC. I was just in Prague. I got to tell you guys, I, Sammy, I don't know if you've ever been there. TJ, I don't I, know if you've ever been there. I, I'm going in May. A beautiful time of year to go. And it was a beautiful time of year this year. It was like 60 degrees, 55 degrees. No, actually, it's colder. It was like 35 to 45 degrees, but it was perfect weather. I, de I didn't even need a jacket to walk around. The city, Sammy, is beautiful. The restaurants are fantastic, and the people are so nice. It is the epitome of a perfect European town to visit, city to visit. Wow. Really a lot of fun. You'll have a great time. I hope you have time to see the city. I hope you have time to walk around. Um, just enjoy it. Enjoy it a lot. So I did. I hope you do. We had an exciting show there, sold out uh, at the O2 Arena in Prague. The Prague UFC fans, the Czech Republic UFC fans were fantastic. The fights were excellent. Exciting night of action. Stefan Struve had his fight, TJ, announced his retirement. I got in the octagon. Um, the Netherlands giant was there. He came up to me and said, Bruce, I'm retiring. And I was kind of shocked at first. But then I looked at him and realized that, you know, he realized it's his time. He laid his gloves down on the floor. I found it to be an extremely touching moment during his speech. And I want to wish Stefan Struve nothing but all the best in his future. Just a great guy. I've always, always liked Stefan Struve. And uh, Tiago Santos uh, took out Jan uh, Wachowicz. Um, very decidedly so. Exciting night, which leads us into, and thank you for all the fighters that fought that evening. Thank you for all the fans that were just so incredibly courteous. But now we're going on to Sin City for UFC 235. This is a huge show. We have the championship between John Jones and Anthony Smith for the lightweight heavyweight title as the main event. We have the co-main event uh, as the welterweight title championship fight between Tyler Woodley and Kamaru Usman. And we have the debut 
Uh, ben, uh, TJ, help me out because I'm not going over his name yet, but I know it's Askren. Is that correct? Ben yeah, Askren? yeah, Ben Askren. Funky. Okay. The cool kids call him Funky. Ben Funky Askren. I better make sure I say that correctly. So um, Robbie Lawler. He's taken on Robbie Lawler, who's not been in the octagon for, what, two years, TJ? I think. Has it been that long? I don't, I don't even know. It's been a while. Maybe well, I think over a year, if I'm not mistaken. No, not two years, but I think about a year. Anyway, either way, it's always great to see Robbie stepping back in. Um, TJ, I have not seen many of Ben's fights, okay? I know he's a fantastic wrestler. How is he at his striking standing toe-to-toe with Robbie Lawler? I haven't really seen him strike anybody, so we That's don't know. That's what I hear. We don't know. It's, I, in, in his undefeated career, he's submission, grappling, wears him down, Randy Couture style personified. Just no, no, Randy Couture does a lot more on the feet than Ben Ashton does. I know does. that. Ben just that, takes you down. Grappling. Ben just takes you down. And, and he takes you down. Go ahead. And he takes you down. And towards the latter part of his career, he started to take people down. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he takes them down. Okay. Well, I guess it's what we had to look forward to. He's so got we'll some pretty how, devastating uh, ground and pound. So, uh, but that's been something that's sort of been added later in his uh, career. So, uh, you know. What are we going to see? I don't know. Uh, this is about as uh, old school of a striker versus grappler match you can think of in 2019. Cool. Can't wait to see it. I mean, Robbie Lawler is not hard or not easy to keep on the ground. So we'll see what happens. And, we and for the record, keep- Ben Askren may very well be the best welterweight in the world. And, and Tyron Woodley may even tell you that. By the way, they're teammates. I saw the video of them. It was very, very cool. Um it was it was funny, actually, one of Askren's comments. We'll get into that a little later in one of the stories we're going to talk about. Uh, another fight, Cody Garbrandt coming back as the first fight on the main card, fighting Pedro Munoz. Number two ranked Cody against number nine ranked Bantamweight Pedro Munoz. Uh, we'll enjoy that fight. Jeremy Stevens, uh, this is one I'm looking forward to. Jeremy Stevens and Sabit Sharapov. This is... One more time? Sabit what? Sabit. Sabit. Magomed. Magomed Sharapov. Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That killed me on an on an Invicta one time, Bruce. It's it's the hardest thing to say, especially when someone hands you a card and you haven't reread it yet. And it's in like, that case, yeah, in that case, I would say it would be hard. But I love announcing uh, Eastern Bloc Russian names, right? Ukrainian names. The, the more meat, the better. The more fun, as I always I mean, said. Uh, names I, like Mike Mike Swick and Frank Trigg, those are the hard ones. These are the ones I can get into. My favorite, and unfortunately, we don't get to hear it anymore, is. Antonio, Rodrigo, Minotauro, no camera. That's my favorite. I, I love that. There's a YouTube when I did it one time for him to show. I think it was the Portland show uh, when I bowed to Randy Couture that night. And um, they caught me in perfect form. It actually kind of motivates me. I used to play it before I would announce him because it would get me ready to announce him again. Another fight that I really am looking forward to. Mickey Gall is uh, showing improvement. Yes, he had a loss, but I think. There's a lot of future in Mickey Gall, and he's fighting the ever-ready battery fighter in Diego Sanchez. That's wow. going to be a lot of fun. That's would, that to me. Would I can't me wait. away, and no offense, I'm not trying to say anything against Mickey Gall because I think he's a great fighter, and he's probably going to win this fight. But he's a three-and-a-half-to-one favorite. And again, no, no offense to Mickey Gall. I just don't like anybody to be a three-and-a-half-to-one favorite against Diego Sanchez. Really? Three? I'm with you. Three-and-a-half-to-one? I, I, I mean, don't bet— I, I don't bet fights, but if you're going to bet fights, you you can't not put money on Diego Sanchez. I, I don't fight. like Brock Lesnar at a three and a half to one favorite against Diego Sanchez. I'm just saying. I'm with you. 
<laughs> I got you. I think that pretty much stated it right there. So what we have ahead of us is we have 13 fights Saturday night. I would suspect the T-Mobile is going to be sold out. It's going to be electrifying. Can't wait. Training every day. And I mean training every day just to be in the best shape I can be as an announcer for this fight. Because I want to roar and let it fly. And I cannot wait. I'll see you all in Las Vegas on Saturday. Now, Sammy, love having you on the show today because there's a number of stories which are Sammy Phillips stamped all over them that I can't wait to talk to you about and hear your very calm, cool, collective responses. Mm. <laughs> and, and, but let's talk about the Academy Awards. Sammy, uh, I know you didn't see the whole Academy Awards. We talked about that. The Best Picture is a movie that I thoroughly enjoyed, thoroughly recommend called The Green Book. I just found it to be fantastic, the acting in it with Viggo Mortensen, and the other, um, I, it's hard for me to, to announce his name, but I will tell you in a second. Uh, Marshal Ali uh, did a fantastic job playing lead character. But now I'm reading today, did you read some of the stuff, Sammy, that uh, even though the, book, the movie won Best Picture and all, that people were questioning how the characters were portrayed in the film um, and his sister being one because it's based on a true story. Now, we all know the film is allowed to have dramatic license, Okay. Uh, so it's a question of how much dramatic license they use. But if you watch this film, it captured the times. If you know who Viggo Mortensen, the actor, is, he's done a lot of fine films. He must have put on about 40 pounds for this movie. I give it a solid 8 out of 10. Love the movie. Wonder, in my own question, was it really worthy of Best Picture? As Black Klansman, which I've seen three times, thoroughly enjoyed, was it really worthy of being nominated for Best Picture? And I think during the Oscars, even Spike Lee walked out when Green Book won. You know, I guess people have ways of dealing with things, although Spike Lee did win for Best Director. So my question to you, Sammy, is knowing film the way you do, do you think that when the director is picked as the Best Director, don't you think that hand-in-hand hand, you would think that the Best Picture would be the picture that was directed by the Best Director? Or is I that just— gonna, I was going to say that. I thought that that's typically how it went down. So when I think they usually do the Best Director first before the Best Picture. It's usually the last one of the night, so— that dictates usually what's going to win Best Picture. But I think it's happened a couple of times, in, of times. Recent, in, in recent Oscars where they weren't the same. Right, right. And I've always thought they would be. But actually thinking back over my lifetime, because with my dad and my mom, we used to watch, you know, the Oscars has always been a big thing with us. So I agree. We used to talk about this even years ago. Why didn't they match together? Best Actress in a Leading Role, I thought Glenn Close was a shoe in for The Wife. Very fine film. Lady Gaga, amazing first-time performance in film and A Star is Born. Um, and the winner was Olivia Coleman, who won from the Golden Globes, the English actress for the fine film The Favorite. So I, I can't comment because I did not see The Favorite. I was happy to see Rami Malek win Best Actor for his performance in Bohemian Rhapsody. Did you get a chance to see that one yet, Sammy? No, I haven't. And everyone, you know, raves about it. People leave it crying. And like he's now I've been a fan of this kid since Mr. Robot. Like, I feel like I discovered him when I discovered Mr. Robot. And I was raving about him in the first season, telling people, oh, my God, this guy, Rami Malik, Rami Malik. And they're like, who the hell is that? I'm like, oh, my God, he's the guy with the bug eyes. He's amazing. And then I ran into him at a Trader Joe's and like stalked him up and down the aisles telling him how much I loved him. Uh, you know what? He was fantastic, and I can see why you do. Another film that, that Rami Malek was in was the remake of the fine Steve McQueen, Dustin Hoffman film, Papillon. 
and yeah. it's playing now on Netflix and stuff. I watched it on one of my trips. I thought it, it's very hard to remake a great movie like Papillon with fantastically great actors like Dustin Hoffman and Steve McQueen for their performances, uh, which of which Steve McQueen was nominated, if I'm not mistaken, for his performance in Papillon when it came out. But Rami Malek played the Dustin Hoffman character. And I got to tell you something. I was really taken with his acting. This This young man... Uh, along with Marshal Ali, the one, the gentleman who won for uh, the Green Book. These are two of my favorite actors in our current generation of actors coming up. I, I think we're going to see a lot from them. I'm really excited about the work. Happy to see him win for his performance. The film was fantastic. I've watched that film three times. That's how wow. good it is. Wow. Yeah, it's good. It's good. But then again, I'm a rock and roll fan, which right. adds a lot to the enjoyment of the film. Right. Definitely. Right. Definitely Did a lot. Did you see Black Klansman? I saw Black Klansman three times also. I watched it. Yeah, I, I got the SAG uh, DVD. Right. I uh, watched it a couple times and then I uh, caught it on, a, you know, I'm always on a plane somewhere. Caught right. it on a plane. I thought a very, very well done film. Um, Brian picked it apart. We were talking about it this morning because, you know, he's a retired police officer. So he saw some holes in that, which was hard for him to, to let slide by. But he agreed it was a very, very fine film. But I do question, I'm just so used to the best picture of the year being. I don't, I don't know how to say it, Sammy. As fine as these pictures are, were they really worthy of the best picture of the year? Or was it one of those weak years where we had not too many great motion picture choices, as fine as all these films are? And I still have to see Roma. Everybody's telling me that Roma is amazing. Yeah. Um, I have a coworker at Penthouse, and he's Mexican. And he literally cried when he saw this movie, he's like, it just reminds because I think he came here, like he was first generation coming over, like with his whatever parents or whatever. So he grew up in Mexico and experienced a lot of what that movie represented. And he said it just brought him right back to home. Mm. Mm. Uh, then it's a must watch. I noticed now that uh, that film is on Netflix. Yeah. So I actually I'm, I'm planning on watching it uh, this evening when I'm done all my stuff when I get back. I'll give more of a report on when I talk to you next time. Now, along with the Oscars, which we did not have a host this year, Kevin Hart backed out of the Oscars for reasons we already discussed on the show in a previous episode. Um, we went back to having no host. Quite frankly, as much as I enjoy a host, because a host or like an announcer for a fight can add enhancement to it. I didn't say that because I'm an announcer for a fight. It just came out. But I'm just trying to give an example. A fine host does accentuate a show, does enhance a show. But I thought they did an excellent job the way it all went. Production was good. Very cool. Uh, another year for the Oscars. We'll be on the next year. But now when you have the Oscars, and you know about these, Sammy, the Razzies come out, right? Oh, yeah. So let's talk about the Razzies because I actually have a sixth degree of separation with the Razzies. The worst picture of the year nominations went to Gotti, The Happy Time Murders, Robin Hood, Winchester, and Holmes and Watson. The winner of the Razzie, I'm very happy to say I'm part of an award-winning movie, Holmes and Watson won the Razzie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we talk about directors. Talk about uniformity and director and best picture. How about uniformity and worst director and worst picture? And please, gentlemen, if you're listening, I'm not making fun of you. I'm just talking about the Razzies. Holmes and Watson, Eaton Cohen nominated. Kevin Connolly for Gotti nominated. Uh, the Fifty Shades Freed director. The Happy Times Murder. The Winchester director. All nominated. The winner, Eaton Cohen for Holmes and Watson. There we have it. Uniformity. Nominated for nominated one for worst director at the Razzies and the picture one worst picture. I'm very happy to be part of this fine film in my cameo with Michael. We had a great time. 
Um, but it's kind of weird when people write you and they say the best scene in the movie was the cameo with you and Michael. <laughs> so oh, watch it. That is hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I got a couple of those emails. But I enjoyed it. I watched it. I get a kick out of it because I'm a huge uh, Riley and a huge Will Ferrell fan. So really, really good. Worst actress, uh, Razzie, Melissa McCarthy, for two films, Life of the Party and The Happy Time Murders. That doesn't make you feel too good. No. Um, worst actor, Donald Trump as himself in Death of a Nation and Fahrenheit 11.9. I, I knew you would like that one, Sammy. Yes. Have you, have you guys seen Fahrenheit 11.9? No. Tell no. us about it, TJ. Really great. It's a Michael Moore documentary. Um, and, and even if you're not super anti-Donald Trump, I think that you can find um, some things that as a whole, as a country as a whole, we still need to change in the politics that go into certain things, especially the drinking water in Flint, Michigan. Um, it, it's worth your time to check it out. And it, even if you don't agree with it, uh, watch it and then tell me why it's wrong. There's two reasons I will watch this movie. It's called Michael and Moore. How can you not watch a Michael Moore documentary? The man is, you know, from, from uh, Bowling for Columbine on going forward. The guy is fascinating when he, when he makes his, uh, his films. Now, another one will go down here. Worst supporting actor, uh, John C. Riley, Holmes and Watson, winner. Boy, it took down a lot of Rousey's. And I think we're pretty well good on that one. Hey, oh, if you're gonna worst, fail, wait, if you're gonna you're fail, gonna... you might as well like really, really fail. That's all I'm saying, right? Like, well, go out in a blaze of glory. Absolutely. At the end, that blaze of glory as they're climbing out of the flames. And sorry again, if anybody's listening at Disney, I'm not making fun of anything. I'm just reporting the news. But the worst remake, ripoff, and sequel on the Razzies, winner, Holmes and Watson. Boy, taken down the statues. Gotta, gotta love that. Gotta love that. Anyway, I think we're all aware, if you're not aware that R. Kelly, you know, has been arrested, then you're obviously not reading the news, watching CNN or anything, but R. Kelly, very popular. But, Sammy, I'm not really into this, you know, uh, a lot of the music I'm not following that much. I listen to it, enjoy what I listen to, but I'm not really one that can name artists and this and who's hot and who's not, you know, except for the obvious ones. Is R. Kelly still uh, relevant in the music industry? Has he been releasing music that's selling? Not him per se, but he's a very prolific songwriter. Mm-hmm. So he and and producer. So he produces for other people, other artists, like big ones. Mm-hmm. So ever since this whole, um, ever since this uh, whole documentary came out, surviving R. Kelly, uh, people that he was working with have um, sort of abandoned ship. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a dangerous ship to be uh, floating on, shall we say, yeah. at this yeah. point. You know, you got to know when to pick up your chips and find another game. Yeah. Obviously. All right, so another one that's in the news. Uh, well, Robert Kraft. We've heard about this, the situation that happened down in Florida. Uh, the owner of the New England Patriots, just winning his sixth Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, has And Sammy, you're aware of this one too, right? Yep. Yep. So... The I think saw, there's other people in this sting that haven't come out yet. Well, they're mentioning there's one other really famous one, or really well-known one, but they haven't mentioned a name yet for whatever reason. Uh, obviously, the sting was not just about, from what I'm understanding, it wasn't just about the massage parlor, because every city we know has massage parlors, you know, uh, right. legitimate ones, and I have to assume illegitimate ones, or non-legitimate ones, excuse me. Uh, in this case, the police were actually looking into this because this was a sex uh, 
slavery or whatever the proper term is, investigation with the women that were working there being claimed to be sex slaves, living in the back, eating in the place, working all day, all this. That was what they're claiming was the original reason for the investigation. And now they found videos and everything else. And he has been, I don't know how, how this arrest happens, but it's a kind of arrest where he's not in jail or something like that. But there has been, you know, charges filed and he has to answer for those charges. And then more uh, details came out on TMZ and elsewhere today about the video they have and uh, last visit there for 14 minutes, yada, yada, yada. But uh, we'll see how it pans out. You know, I mean, it's what can I say? But I don't know if it's really smart being a billionaire if you have this kind of uh, need or urge um, to go out to a public place like that. But he did. He got caught. And uh, we'll see what happens. That's so stupid. I mean, Jesus Christ, it's it's called uh, call them in your house. Have them come over. Bring the table. Happy thing at home. What the hell? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't go out to dinner, order in room service if that's your choice. But, you know, it's still. What's legal is legal, and what's not is not, Sammy. And that's what it comes down to. You know, I mean, you go over to Nevada, it's legal. You go to Florida, it's not. You go to California, it's not. Hey, Rupes, you taking off? Hi, buddy. Rupert Burt, Rupert Murdoch, listen to me. Rupert Grulock, everybody. Aww. Rupert just turned 11 years old. Hey, he become a little Rupert Murdoch. Oh, he's not a little Rupert Murdoch. Rupert is tall, very tall. I know, I know. Speaking of even tall, who do we have here? Well, we have... Kristen, and she's pulling it. Well, she's pulling in somebody else. Who? I have a funny feeling it's my even taller godson. Yet there he is. Hi, Henry. There he is. Hey, Hans. Do you believe that Henry's as tall as me? No. Yes, as tall as me. Unbelievable. Well, Rupert's almost getting there. No, I want you to send I'll, me a picture after I'll, the show. I would like to see a picture. All right. She wants a picture. Take a picture of Henry. Sammy wants a picture of her. Of I, I I cannot believe it. Yeah, he's he's fourteen now. I remember when they were tiny kids. Uh, he's not just—he's he, tall and he is very handsome, Sammy. So is oh, Rupert. I know. God, well, both Kristen and her hubs are beautiful. So, uh, Kristen, Sammy just said that both you and your husband are beautiful, so she understands why the boys are so handsome. Thank you. She says, "Hi, everybody." Says, "Happy birthday, Sammy." Ah, oh, thank you. All right, guys, love you. See you tomorrow. Bye, bye. Ah, nice to be a godfather. Nice to have a family. (laughs) Nice. It's like a rent a family. You don't really have, you know. Yeah. You get to go home at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Quality time. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. All right. So let's get back to uh, uh, Robert Kraft here. So I think you already said it, Sammy. We'll see how this pans out. I guess the word is embarrassing. Is that, would that be the best way to say it? Well, amongst other yeah. things. Jesus. Yeah. Like, how stupid is this guy? Oh, you said it. I didn't. But I'm sure people have said it, too. Anyway, let's go on to another situation here. And this involves another prison situation. A man spent 39 years in prison for a double, a double murder he did not commit. Yeah. And what did he get? Like, 21 million? 21 million. Simi Valley announced Saturday it's going to settle a federal lawsuit. And the man's name is Craig Coley. Uh, he was served almost four decades of wrongful incarceration in the 1978 murders of a woman and her son. It's 39 years. This is the longest prison term that's ever been overturned in California. And yes, it looks like he's going to receive $140 a day for each of the 13,991 days he was held illegally behind bars. This is the way they write it. 
away from society, employment, and his loved ones. And that was last year. He was awarded $2 million in compensation, and that's what it came to. So the city will pay about $4.9 million. The rest is coming from insurance and other sources. But yes, Sammy, $21 million. But does that really? I know it's a lot of money, and I know he'll live out. You know, oh, honey, whatever. he gets to live in the lap of luxury. Well, he's 71 years old, but he still lost 39 years of his life. You know? I understand, but you know what? That $21 million will buy him a plane. He could go anywhere he wants in the world. He could take his family. He could take care of his family. He can leave money for the next generation of his family. Yep, I, I agree. I mean, what a sacrifice for him. But he could totally set up, if he's smart, generations of his family. Totally, totally. Well, <clears throat> good for him. Sorry he went through that. Good for him. Uh, okay, now, young sports stars in the news. Did you guys see the picture of the Duke basketball player, the Duke basketball playing star, that in the beginning of the game, like in the first couple minutes of the game, his Nike shoe imploded on the no. court? No. It, yeah. How does yeah. that happen? How does the shoe imply? I mean, I know, I know, I know they're air, you know, they're air after all, Nike Air, but how do they implode? Well, what Did I it say pop up his foot? Yeah, his knee. His oh. knee. So the shoe split apart. Okay. So what happened is that Nike stock actually went down one percent, which is a big, a big downward fall for a major company like that, the kind of stock in the way it trades. But they built a reputation around creating premier shoes and, and clothes, you know, for athletes. We all know that, okay? So Zion Williamson, he's a, he's, he's a phenom. He's like the hottest Duke basketball player. He goes out on the court. He's got the ball running in him. You know, I saw the video, and boom, you see the sole of his shoe just split. He goes down and supposedly hurt his knee. Um, he's actually a very young player that's on the verge of getting a huge Nike shoe contract. That's not a good endorsement. That's not a good commercial for Nike. Right there. Man. You know, but they spend, Nike spends $11.5 billion, nearly a third of its sales on marketing and endorsement contracts. Uh, the Nike and Jordan, they, you know, they sponsor 85 men and women's basketball teams. That's just in the annual NCAA tournament, not counting the professional teams that they, they do. So it's a rare occurrence. It's a weird occurrence. I don't know if it's really going to hurt anything in the long run. I just hope that Zion Williamson's knee is okay because yeah. this, this young man is on his way to a huge, huge basketball career, which brings me a question, guys. I want to ask your opinion on something, okay? I got a call today. I can't talk about names or titles, but there's a thing brewing out there to make people aware of what amateur athletes in college go through and to give them more rights to earn financial reward potential. Do you think that college – here's my question. Do you think that college sports stars and players should receive some form of financial rewards for all the money yes. they're bringing into the colleges? Yes. yes. Such as signing sneaker deals, appearances, yes. etc. Yes. Yeah. I do too. I do too. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And if I, I can mean, be part only if you think about it, athletes only have a shelf life of what, maybe a decade? Uh, maybe it, it depends on the sport. I mean, right. think about this. The average NFL player, like their uh, average career span is two years in the league. I think, I think it's technically like 1.8. And I I'm sorry, is anyone going to make the argument that the college football game is safer than the NFL pro game? Because I don't, I don't believe it is. You're I don't still, believe it is. You know, you're putting on pads and running into each other as hard as you can. Uh, yeah, no bueno. Give these kids some money. Also, too, like – 
the the whole reason it comes down to these collegiate players not getting what they deserve um, comes down to this video game thing. Do you remember this? EA Sports used to make uh, the March Madness video game and the NCAA football game, and there was a a lawsuit because they were using a lot of the likenesses of the players. Granted, they weren't using their names per se, but, you know, uh, same physical features. Their number jersey would be, you know, what it is. And, And I'm sorry, like, Every one of those kids deserve some compensation. And, and the reason they deserve it more than anything, and, and Bruce, you know this, is you deserve a percentage of what you're making somebody. And the NCAA, granted it's a quote-unquote nonprofit, they're making millions of dollars. Millions. Come on, spread the love, guys. Let me tickle you something, and I'm not going to say anything by tickling you with something. I had a meeting today. I may be part of a movement. In huh? the near future, that's being You're put together. No, Sammy. Yeah, at least at least wait until you get off the air to have a movement. <laughs> Jeez. Exactly. Of course. Stuff at the pool. Well, that'll definitely be it's time radio, wouldn't it? It's time. Okay, so now. <laughs> <laughs> Bombs away, Oklahoma. <laughs> so, all right. <laughs> so, I may be part of a uh, group, a large group, is coming together now. Try and make fun of that one uh-huh. with some of the top named athletes in the world. Ooh. And this movement is going to be to help collegiate stars, amateur athletes with the right to earn money when these situations occur. Because I think everything you said is correct. You know, here's an example there's an amazing documentary on about the Miami Dolphins middle linebacker, uh, Fall of Famer Nick Buonacani. Yeah, we talked okay? about this last week with, uh, with Longo. Right, and there's a scene in here where his 18- or 19-year-old son playing college, uh, going in for the tackle on the receiver, and it looked like nothing. He wound up being paralyzed from the neck down for the rest of his life, which caused Nick Bonaconti to offer his time, his devotion, efforts, name, everything to an organization that has raised more money for spinal research over the years, and his whole dream was just to be alive and to see his son walk again, which I'm sorry to say has not happened. Okay, he was a college athlete. He's paralyzed. And you're right, TJ. It's just as dangerous. Maybe pros are more dangerous, bigger, faster, stronger, however you nah, want to look at it. They all play but college. I don't think so. They, they all, all play college. Exactly. I mean, exactly. I mean, that's the thing. It's a different talent pool. I mean, how many people come to the NFL playing in a different league? And you're in your you have to go to college. Like it's mandated that you go to college. You can't just sign out of high school. So uh, I don't know. I mean, yes, there there's more talent uh in uh college uh, football than the NFL and by talent, I mean num- number of players. Um, so therefore, the talent level may be a bit more watered down. Would you can argue maybe you're not going to run into 320 pound guys that can run a sub five second 40 yard dash. Um, but the the bottom line is this, man: like your brain still takes that concussive force. It's just in the NFL, you get paid millions of dollars for it, and in college, they quote unquote give you an education that hopefully your brain can retain despite throwing yourself into other human beings as hard and as fast as you can. Like, and I'm with you. And let's take an example before we go to the next story. You win the Heisman Trophy. There's many awards out there. I have no problem with a quarter million dollars being attached to that Heisman Trophy as an hey, example. If you want to make it to where you only get paid if you win a bowl game or you only get paid if you win an award or you only get paid if you win your collegiate division, I'm fine with that. But there needs to be some some more um, compensation. And also, too, I I think each school is only allowed to hand out 25 scholarships a year. 
So you're saying, oh, they're getting a free education. They're getting a free education. No, only the elite level players are getting a free education. If I walk onto a team, not only am I making that team money by potentially being a star that can sell jerseys or tickets or whatever, but I'm also giving them, depending on where I go to school, twenty-five to $30,000 a year for my education tuition. Exactly. You're literally you all- paying to play. Well, speaking of paying to play, Sammy, you're the baseball star that you dated that you talked about on the show a few times. Mickey uh, Thompson. What, now, what year and what by your guess and what kind of money was he making back then? Oh, I could tell you. Um, what year was uh, this? What year? It was 94, okay. 95, 96, 93, 94, 95, so It's in the free agent era, so money was a lot more better at that time than it was, say, in the— 60s or 70s but god it doesn't even you know that that money pales in comparison to what players are making now yeah he was making 3.5 a year with the tigers and then he got caught out in the uh the players strike that happened i think it was like 95 no uh, 94 93 94. 94 okay 94 um and uh his players strike he um his Unfortunately, when the strike happened and he he got an offer from the Angels at the time and it was less than what his offer that he was playing at the Tigers with. Wow. So so he did not accept the offer and that was actually during the strike. So then when it came time for, you know, the Shit, I don't remember what it's called. What's that called? The beginning of the season when they practice? Spring training. Thank you. Preseason. No, spring training. I know, spring training, I know. So when it came time for spring training, uh, nobody else picked him up. And there was a bunch of of other players, and they paid for their own spring training. Oh, my God. They ended up renting a facility and doing their own spring training. And one by one, they got signed. In the end... He got signed to – he really wanted to be on the Texas Rangers. That had been a lifelong dream of his. So in the end, he got signed by the Rangers to be a designated hitter. Now this guy was a, a, a switch hitter and a catcher, one of the best catchers in the league. And the Angels had wanted him as a catcher. Uh, so in the end, he went to the Rangers as a designated hitter for – the salary, the difference in between what the Angels offered and what he was making at the Tigers. Amazing. You know, there's one example. Andy Andy didn't have to play the field. He just only needed a bat because he was a designated hitter. Only needed a bat. TJ, question for you. Yeah. Uh, And Sammy, remember what Sammy said, listeners, please, because we're going to go into a couple of stories here. But TJ, Nick Bonacani playing back in, like, 72. Yeah. Right at the, when he was ending his career, most he made in his entire career was fifty thousand dollars a year. Yeah, what would a middle what would a middle linebacker Ooh. that status make today? Oh, uh, I mean, millions of dollars, millions of dollars. There, I mean, there's no doubt about. It. I think about this. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the name Vern Gagne. He was a professional yeah. wrestler. He's from Minnesota. Um, he had the American Wrestling Alliance, which was one of the bigger promotions back in the '70s and '80s, uh, in competition with the World Wrestling Federation. Um, Vern Gagne was drafted and played for the Chicago Bears, and he decided that he would go and, and do professional wrestling because it was a more lucrative endeavor than playing pro football. And this is, you know, back in the 60s and 70s. And, like, it, it's it's hard to believe that when it comes to 
the physical toll on one's body. The NFL is probably the hardest sport to play. And in the grand scheme of things, it's one of the, the last sports to come around to actually pay good money. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, again, like you were talking about a guy that was alive in our lifetime that was playing a very important role, middle linebacker for a national football team, and he was making $50,000 a year. And you can look at inflation. I understand that. But I'm telling you, the the inflation hasn't, you know, surpassed so much that $50,000 was $50 million back in those times. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's bonkers. And, again, the NFL is a a league where if you're lucky – you'll have a six-year career if you're lucky. If you're lucky, I think the average is two and a half or three and a half, if I'm not mistaken. And, and also, too, think about all the restrictions that are still on a player. Like, I, I mean, I, I hate to, and you've said this in the past, Bruce, you want all of these athletes to make as much money as they possibly can, uh, especially the, the the fighters that are in the beloved UFC. But with all of that said, when you're a Major League Baseball player, you have to have five years of service time in the league before you get to free agency and can actually field offers and actually dictate where you want your career to take place. And it's incredibly hard to stay in the big leagues for five years. That I mean, and that, that clock stops every time you get sent back down to the minors. So you're talking about a handful of guys. So, like, when you're talking about a guy that is going to sign a $30 million contract to play in Major League Baseball, like, he kind of deserves it because he was able to stick around that long just to qualify for that kind of money. Very well said, very well accepted and on my part, and I'm sure on Sammy's part, which takes me into the next situation. So right now, two huge contracts were signed this week to give you an idea of the money the baseball players are making. And, you know, rightfully so. You get offered, take it. And, of course, TV rights, the huge contracts happening. That's one of the reasons these have all gone up so much. There's so many different revenue streams going into sports franchises as well as into the UFC franchise that allows all this money to go out. But Manny Machado, uh, the Padres, he just signed the, the highest ever, the historic 10-year agreement, $300 million for 10 years. Okay, that's $30 million a year. And how much is that is guaranteed? Guaranteed first year, $20 million signing bonus. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's crazy. In, in yeah. baseball, more than anything, you get paid on your potential. Like, don't get me wrong. You definitely will get paid if you have a good year. But if you show flashes of having a good year— you may be able to extend your career five or six more seasons, even if you don't live up to that first really bonanza blockbuster year, because baseball's a, a game of consistency. And even if you're not so consistent, uh, just the fact that you can have these, you know, ebbs and flows of where you get hot, uh, teams will pay big money for that. What, what is well, interesting about the Padres, though, Bruce, is you mentioned thirty million dollars. Um, they're a small market club, and I know San Diego is not a small city by any means. But with that in mind, it's not a big baseball town, and I, they're spending it, some serious money. Is the Colorado Rockies a big baseball t- uh, town? Not really, no. All right, well, get this. The day after, the day after yeah. he signed the historic $300 million contract, Bleacher Report comes out with a title, right? It says MLB Rumors. Nolan Arenado from the Rockies yep. has just agreed to an historic eight-year $260 million contract, which basically uh, goes into the fact that he is making, let's see here, calculator working, $32.5 million a year. So now he yeah, that's officially has the biggest contract. Bonkers. I mean, it's bonkers. And, and also, too, like, uh, I hate to say this. I know baseball play, baseball players get a lot of flack, a lot of guff. You know, it's a game that you can eat 
while you play pretty much the entire time. 150-plus games a year. Right. People seem to yeah, not remember that's this. That's what I'm saying, 162 games. And, and, and again, how exhausted do you get just traveling for the UFC? I'm not even talking about working. Traveling yeah. is incredibly hard. And, yes. uh, yeah, I mean, those baseball players, hell. I, I wish we all made more money, okay? Don't get me wrong. But those baseball players that just uh, – I don't do well sleeping in a different bed from week to week, Bruce, and I do that more often than the average human being. Um, just the toll and the rigor on a body and then going and working, you know, physically to, to hone your skills and working out and take care of yourself like a pro athlete. Uh, baseball, while it doesn't have the, the physical rigor playing the game that, say, football does – uh, I, it probably takes a toll on the body, probably more mentally than anything, honestly, uh, than, than all the other sports. It does, and I'm going to give you a little uh, tidbit of information. When you're on the road, get yourself some fine CBD oils, right? No THC. The CBDs are selling in all the pharmacies right now. Take your 12 or 15 drops a half hour or so before you go to bed. It helps with body pain. Yep. It helps no, with getting I just, yourself uh, back together. I, I really yeah, firmly recommend I, this I, highly. I just started a uh, high milligram CBD drop that I take before bed. It's 100 milligrams. And again, you know me, Bruce. I'm not blowing smoke here. No pun intended. I've never smoked that, weed in my life. Okay? You don't do drugs. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't. And I've, I've always stayed away from that. And I've al- always been a bit wary of the, the medicinal uses of marijuana. And um, I started using a CBD cream. And now I do CBD drops before I go to bed. And I'm telling you. This high milligram CBD uh, solution that I'm taking, I sleep better than any other type of sleep in my entire life. And, and the best part is no side effects, no tolls yep. on my body. It's all that. It's a supplement. And it's not one of those supplements that's laced with stuff that Jeff Davitsky is going to be calling you about because <laughs> you, you got flagged. This is all natural. And, and even if I were a fighter, it's all natural. All, all CBDs are good according to USADA. So... Uh, if you suffer from anything like that where you can't sleep at night or, or you have inflammation in your body, we're not even throwing names out there. We're not even sponsored by anybody, Bruce, no, but but no. CBD. We will, be, we will be soon. Well, you should talk to my buddies here at Elixir Cure, too, because maybe they're interested as well. But, but yeah, go check it out. Go get on the CBD uh, trip because it's it's amazing. And Sammy, I know you and you enjoy, uh, you know, but CBDs, are you taking any CBDs at all? No, I just smoke weed. Hey, hey there's, I, there's CBD in that. I'm just saying. It's there, but just the CBDs we're talking about with no THC content whatsoever. Yeah, no. what, yeah. what good is that? I want the THC. <laughs> well, Sam, you are you are onto a point. There are a lot of uh, believers out there that your body can't absorb all the CBD that it, it really needs to without uh, like a, a THC conduit. It doesn't have to be a high uh, milligram THC. I've never done it. I've never experienced that, but... I mean, God, you know, we, we've talked about drugs and alcohol a lot on the show over the years. And wh- while I know every once in a while we'll get an article about, you know, the positives of having a, a fine, you know, red wine every once in a while, uh, the medicinal uh, uses in, in marijuana and, and cannabis products, it's it, it ceases to end. I'm always in it. And we're not talking about like hippies that have a blog. We're talking about the damn Mayo Clinic releasing studies about CBD and, and how it's helping people. Yeah, it's amazing. To me, we talk about it all the time on the show. Now, we just Don't talked. Don't be a hater. What, hey, Sammy, who, who could ever hate you, Sammy? We either agree with you or don't agree with you. Never hate you. How, how are we hating on you? I don't understand. 
No, you're said like hippies. It's not some hippie with a blog. So I'm like, oh. no, 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 no. Like, hey, hey, hippie. Oh, we just lost all the hippies hey. listening to the show. Hippies with blogs have been talking about the benefits of CBD forever. I'm just saying they're all vindicated and validated by these major medical outlets like Johns Hopkins and, and Mayo Clinic. You just, you, you, both of you just use the term hippies. Is that, a, is that a term that can actually be used? And are people classified as hippies in today's world? What would you call Tommy Chong? That's all I'm saying. Uh, I, a man that's never left the 70s. There <laughs> you, you know? go. I call yeah. him a stoner. I call him yeah. a singer. I call him a hell of a guy. And, yes, he, he did do a great job oh on my God. show. We I, talked about I, that. I wanted to listen to a damn record by him now. He did a great job. Great job. It's amazing. All right, guys, we talked about athletes that haven't turned pros before they leave college being able to earn money. I, this this really lights me up. A 13-year-old soccer player named Olivia Moultrie turns pro. She actually signed a contract with Nike. Okay? That 13 it, years old. She's already th- been a TV commercial. I don't – I mean, it, it's weird to have the endorsement, but I think uh, soccer athletes like that do sign away their rights to professional teams in their team. I don't think that's all that uncommon, but to have a Nike deal, that's that's uncharted territory. Well, it's a little unclear what she'll do next after foregoing the – because you're right, TJ. She just forewent the chance to play collegiately because she can't – and because she cannot sign with foreign clubs before she turns 18, all right? There's likelihood of her competing as a developmental player in the United States National Women's Soccer League, but far more likely she will – which is far more likely than playing in Europe, but the league would have to change its rules. Yeah. So now – She's uh, got to wait till she's 18, but well, she's got a contract with Nike. Well, here's, Why not take it? Here's my know? question, Bruce. If you – so let's that's say – let's say for a lot of soccer sneakers. That's good. Well, let's say her soccer career fell apart and no team was interested in her. Can she revert back to amateur status and get into a college? I don't believe so, right? I think you lose it. She's right. Lost. So, no, here's my question. What's the difference between signing with Nike and just having a job? Because she's not playing for a team. She's taking an endorsement deal that, that goes back to her Nike skills, but she didn't sign with the team, correct? No, she's not signed with the team. So then she's really it's not a pro- then she's really not a professional soccer player. Well to me, that's the same as at thirteen years old, you go to a casting call and you get a you get right. a role in a TV commercial as a thirteen year old. Right. Like um, I mean, to me, okay, I only know MMA comparisons, so might as well throw it out here. Uriah Faber was used in a Sacramento-based television ad for a radio station when he was, like, nine, okay? Granted, it had nothing to do with his athletic talent, but he made money doing a commercial. That's exactly what this girl is doing, and that would prevent her from, you know, playing uh, for for a, a college where Uriah Faber doing a commercial when he's nine for a radio station wouldn't have prevented him from wrestling in the Olympics. You know what I mean? I'm sorry. Like, if you're not making money off of your your talent by a club, I don't think you're a professional soccer player. I don't think you're a professional athlete. I think that you're a kid with a kick-ass endorsement deal. I'm with you, TJ. I'm Listen. Like, I if, just, if, you, just... if you play for the Harlem Globetrotters, are you a professional athlete? Do you lose your amateur status? You know, if yeah. I, to me, to me, you, you are a professional. Really, athlete, you're not even you? playing. You're not I even think but, professionals. But you're not you're, playing you're, a game. The, the Harlem Globetrotters are not playing a, a game. It's a scripted game. I think it's they're a athletes. Show. 
Sure. Okay. I, I get, Are wrestlers it, athletes? Stop for a second. Stop, stop for a second. You, you're, you're getting semantical with me about poker and, and things like that. Like, what's okay. a sport? What's not a sport? What I'm saying is if you are making money based on your collegiate or based on your athletic skill, but it's not by a team, are you a pro athlete? Because to me, this young lady who's making money based off her soccer skills but is selling shoes is a, a, a professional commercial appearer. Like, she's not making money for playing soccer. Again, like, if... if she's making money for being good at playing right. soccer. <laughs> but, but, but she's not playing soccer. That's not what I, she's I, making I got, money I for. And, and what I'm you. getting back to the Harlem Globetrotters is if I were to play for the Harlem Globetrotters instead of going to college and to play basketball and say I played for two years with the Harlem Globetrotters and I realized that I'm actually better than this, I don't need to do trick shots to make money, and now I want to go to college, is my athletic eligibility compromised? I don't think okay. it should be because I'm not playing the game for money. I'm putting on I, a sport. There's no, like, if, if you are a professional wrestler, Bruce, if you are a professional, Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar goes and wrestles for the WWE. He doesn't try out for the Olympics, but now he's a quote-unquote professional wrestler. Should he be allowed to try out for the professional, or for the Olympic wrestling team? I have two questions here, and before Sammy answers, let me just give a quick answer. The first one for the Globetrotters. I don't think you're being a professional athlete. I think you're being an athletic performer, and you're performing right. a show. And for that, you should be paid and not judged as the same as a professional athlete playing for an organized sports team. Right. In the case of Brock Lesnar— I would say because the commissions do not recognize the incorrect. And, well, incorrect. Do they recognize it? Do, so, re, do some, they some states do. Some states okay, still right. require and the let me, professional wrestling to go through an athletic commission. All right. So let me rephrase what I'm saying. I'm more leaning towards the fact that again we're dealing with athletic performers. Okay. Not they're not going out and competing in wrestling matches. They're not going out for the Olympics. They're not going out for the nationals. They're in the entertainment business as entertainment wrestlers and athletic performers. So I'd have a tendency to go with the same agreement on both ends. Right. That you're saying. So there you go. Very rare, but I agree with you. I'm kidding. No, I agree with you a lot. Sammy? Yeah. Um, so the debate is whether or not wrestlers are well, um No, the the, the debate is are you the, the debate is are you a professional athlete if you're not providing your athletic services for a team that is sanctioned by a league or sanctioning body? Well, if you um, well, hold on, because say you're a professional athlete without a host team, that doesn't make you not a professional athlete. It 100% makes you not a professional athlete because no one is paid for your athletic services. Okay, so hang on. So Cecil Fielder, uh -huh. he was a professional athlete. Correct. People would still look at him as a professional athlete because right. he made a as a professional athlete, but he no longer is an athlete. Correct, but he lost his eligibility because he played for baseball teams. Like, he made money from a team and co competed at the professional level. If you never competed at the professional level, I don't believe you're a professional athlete. And, and uh, I'm sorry, if you sign a deal with Nike because you're a, a soccer phenom, but you've never been paid a dime to play soccer, you're not a professional soccer player. Well, in that particular case, I agree, especially if it's this 13-year-old or whatever kid. Right. She's got and a job with Nike. That's what she has a job with. She's not a pro athlete. Right. Yeah, but especially if that stops her from being able to turn pro. 
or something. Well, you guys, what, 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 it, what it would stop uh, she, her? She what it would, open that. Yeah, what, right, it would, what, what it would stop her is it would stop her from playing collegially. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Which I'm sorry if you make money because of your skill, but it's not by a team. I'm I, and, and this goes back to what we were talking about earlier. If you play for the University of California, Los Angeles, I believe the cool kids call it UCLA. If I play for UCLA and I want to sign a deal with Nike to wear their shoes. Why should UCLA prohibit me from doing that? I don't have an I don't have an agreement with UCLA. I'm just playing for you because I want to showcase my skills and help your university. Why should that prevent me from having enough? Like if I play for UCLA and Nike wanted to give me a job in their marketing department, that shouldn't conflict, right? No, it's a, I mean, you're allowed to go be a busboy or work for an office right. as an intern. Yeah, no, exactly. But what they're saying is. I can't have a job by wearing their shoes. I can't have a right, job I, by posing for pictures. I can't all, have a, this ba- all this banter back and forth. Sorry, I stepped on you, TJ. All this banter back and forth is just reinforcing what I said earlier. If what I think is going to come down my pike and I can be part of and I can help play a role to whatever level I can in helping amateur athletes receive income as they should, I'm into it. I'm doing it. Right. I mean, and again, what it comes down to me is you're only a professional if a team is paying you money to play for them, to get agreed. And and I'm sorry. Like if I sign a deal, like if I sign a deal with um, Taco Bell and I'm not an athlete, that's not going to inhibit my status as a college player, potentially mainly because we're saying that I signed a deal with Taco Bell for nothing to do with my athletic accomplishments. Like it's not fair. These, these, these student athletes are rare breeds of human beings and deserve every opportunity afforded to them, but the system is going, well, wait a second. We need to make a lot of money off of you first, and then you can make money. All right, let me just say one last thing before we move on, okay? This just brings back to me one of the most famous stories in sports, which was Jim Thorpe, who competed, if I'm not mistaken, in the 1933 Olympics, winning multiple gold medals. Correct. Right? And he wound up playing a little summer baseball in, you know, during his early career, and they stripped him of his Olympic medals, which right. were returned to him 70 years later. Ridiculous. That's, the, that's, like, not that's like winning Iron Chef, but you're not allowed to win Iron Chef because we found out you were a fry cook. Okay, good way to put it. All right, here we go. Now let's get on to some other stuff. You ready? You got Sammy, you still with us? Yeah. Oh, she's, you're, she's you're like, like 40 feet away. Yeah, Where'd you go? She's like cleaning her office now. We've lost her. <laughs> we lost. Sammy, <laughs> while we're while we're talking while, <laughs> while we're talking about money, guys, you know, I, I co-started myself on Friends back in 1996, right? Some say that's why you're still the UFC Octagon announcer today. Yeah, uh, those well, ignorance is key with a lot of people. So, okay. <laughs> oh, I I, di- I disagree, Bruce. Uh, I don't think that's why you're still the Octagon announcer, but I I, I believe that was vital in the role of you maintaining that position because uh, continuity is everything. And, you know, being showcased on that stage, man, that, that, that cemented you as the guy in my book. It cemented me back then because, as I've told before, the quick story, I'll sell it very quickly. On the set that day, I'd already announced two UFCs for Robert Meyerowitz, the owner. And we went, he called me. Got, I, Warner Brothers put me on Friends. I came down. You know, I was accepted to co-star on the show. I said, Robert, meet me on the set. I said, Robert, for a year and a half now, I've been doing everything I can to become the consistent 
Octagon announcer for the UFC. I want to help you build this brand. I want to grow as its announcer, which will allow me to help you build this brand with my media contacts. I will do far beyond the call of duty as an announcer as the years go on, which I did over all the years and still do, in my opinion. Everything I can do to bring the UFC, they don't really need me that much anymore. They're just a media rocket ship. But I played it. I played my part and did a lot for them back in you know those days. That was the best poker hand I ever played, okay? That we signed, we agreed to a deal on the set of Friends that day. So yes, it was a very key factor, but I orchestrated it such. So everything went according to schedule. No, no very, buffer bubble on that one. No buffer bubble on that one. So get this, guys. I get, Sammy, you still get residual checks from Phantasm and stuff like that, don't you? It's funny. Some, I get, I get all kinds of residuals. Like, I did an episode of Tosh.0, and like five years ago, and I'll still get like a $200 residual. I'm like, Jesus. But I literally will get in the mail a four cent check or a 21 <laughs> cent check. It's or so a seven yep. cent check. All right. So here's now you got to me. I got to ask you a question or finish the story. Sammy, I was also on Tasho about seven years ago, right? So I was getting like $50 here, a couple hundred there. I just got a check yesterday for six cents. So I have to ask myself, do I really want to take the time to cash this? At no, the no. You know what you do, Buff. You know what you do. Frame it. It's like a cool. Yeah. Thing. yeah. I mean, you yeah. hold you hold on to it, and and don't, I, I don't mean to get dark or grim, but one day you'll pass away, and Henry and Rupert will inherit something like that, and they're going to sell it for twenty, thirty bucks to somebody that just wants a residual check that Bruce Buffer, you know, didn't have the time to cash, and I think that is a, a little cool keepsake. Well, I had to tell you something. I, I, when I was really active in the acting community when I was younger, so you get your checks through SAG or AFTRA. And I never understood why they would waste, you know, a 40 cent stamp or whatever the hell it is, an envelope, a tree dyed, uh, there's ink involved, uh, all these things to send a seven cent stamp. Personally, I think anything under a dollar the the unions should keep and roll over into the actor fund, which helps actors that are in need. Um, and I agree. They, they helped me years ago with my rent, and that's what they're there for, yeah. by the way. Anybody but can contact your I, union and, and find out about the actors fund. Now I have no I have no problem with that. Or the other thing to do, which is not beneficial as what you're talking about, is just roll it over until it gets a certain amount, then send the check. You know? Right. Yeah, All right. With, everyone guys, that everyone that hates Sammy's uh, anti-Trump sentiments is is calling her a socialist right now for saying something like that. So. But I, I agree with you, Sam. Hey, I agree I'm a socialist. You. Hey, I know what Sammy's doing tomorrow morning at seven o'clock. Come on, Sammy. I know what you're doing. You're getting up early. You're going to watch Cohen's uh, court uh, uh, testimony. Oh my girl, I am twenty four seven CNN. I yeah. sleep with it. I I wake up to it. I love it. I, I have my little favorites, my little favorite newscasters. I love Chris Cuomo. He is delicious. Um, I love, uh, oh, God, what's his name? Oh, fuck. Oh, God, help. I'm so tired. Guys, I can't even tell you. I drank a bottle of tequila, not me all alone, but me and friends last night for my birthday. And oh. to, say, I th to I th say I'm over is an understatement I for thought sure. You, I thought you were going to say you drank a whole bottle of tequila while Bruce and I were talking about underpaid athletes, which I wouldn't have blamed you because it kind of went on a little bit long. But <laughs> Well, guys, get this. I, I still get a residual check, which usually averages $54. Stop it. 
Don Lemon. I love that guy. Okay, oh, Don good. Lemon. He's one of my. He's fantastic. He's one of I my favorites. I love Don yeah. Lemon, and yeah. I love when he gets drunk and does the New Year's. Oh drug. my God! I've seen that the last three years. I love it. I absolutely <laughs> love it because CNN is such a buttoned-up uh, news network that when it's New Year's and they just let Don Lemon go ham with tequila, it's my favorite thing. On it's my favorite thing about December thirty-first. Uh huh. He's got a great personality. He's intelligent. That's great. And I and Cuomo, I agree with you. Well, not for the same reasons you you like him, but I mean, I agree that he's. I really enjoy watching him. I enjoy hearing these men talk. Now, let me finish this darn story on residual checks. Oh yeah, go ahead. I get a check one every month or two from friends. I get a, I get a number of checks too from different things in film and TV. Also, Sam. I mean, yeah, it is a diminishing return, but since 1996. I have to add up all the money I've made in residuals off co-starring on a hit show like Friends, but I still get like a 54, occasionally $100 check about every month or two. Get this. Friends generates $1 billion in syndication revenue every year still, right? Wow. Each of the six main cast members get 2% roughly of that, making roughly $20 million each a year that, still. Oh that's God. immediately what I thought about when it was announced that the Big Bang Theory was canceled. I'm God. like, it doesn't matter. It like, doesn't matter. I'm, I'm bummed, like a lot of people are, that we're not getting new episodes. But uh, Callie Cuoco, or whatever her name is, she's good. She's going to be <laughs> well, all right. Yeah. They're ma- they were making a million dollars a show, if I'm not mistaken. Let's say 20, it's $26 million I, a year. I tend uh, to think that that's not even close to what they're going to make on residuals from that show. That show's going to oh. be on syndication until their great-grandkids die. There was allegedly, supposedly, when uh, when Chuck Norris, Walker, Texas Ranger, was retired, when it was canceled, that the residual deal he got initially was like worth $25 million. You know, it just, and that was back then. Why, why so, aren't there residuals for podcasts? Listen, why aren't, the residuals, why aren't the residuals for announcers? Michael and I would be loaded. We'd be opening up residual hey. checks every day. Does that? Every day. Did, would, that, would that work out for me in the commentary booth, too? Well, if it ever happens that SAG or whoever recognizes announcers and commentators of events that are constantly re-shown, re-aired, yeah. and money's being repaid to the people that produce those events, I personally think that that should be warranted. What about news anchors? Again, I think if you're on a show— No, no, but, but no, no, I'm asking, do news anchors make money on residuals? I cannot answer that. I do not know. I don't know. think so. I mean, uh, at, no, I don't think so. At, at this point, especially, too, with the way—I mean— Residual checks in the, in the way that residuals were, were created, it's on a really old model. Do you know what I mean? Like, we, we thought about syndication and, and things like that. I was playing in this market. You get X dollars for this market. It's aired this many times. Well, now everything is on demand, and it, it starts there and stays there. Like, what is syndication? You know what I mean? What is syndication? I'm not— I mean, you adept to answer that question. No, I know, but I mean, like, you have. It'd be great to have an entertainment lawyer on sometime just to ask these questions. But like, in your world, Bruce, if they let's say you got paid for all the UFC Unleashed episodes that you air on, well, now UFC Unleashed it, it gets released and it it's online and it never leaves. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So like, what is what is a first run, etc. You know, if yeah. if a show never actually airs live on terrestrial television. What does that mean for the people that are involved? Like, when I watch Hulu, is that, quote-unquote, in syndication? How does it pay out? 
I listen, I'm with you. And actually, I'm with you even more as we discuss this, because I wish I did get residuals if my pay was equal to the salary that was reported on TSM Sports in Europe. They put in boxing ring announcers salaries. Oh, yeah. Are you ready for this? They said, yeah, I love that. I love this. Sammy, get this. Yeah. Michael Buffer on top. They say that per fight, he makes five hundred thousand dollars a fight a, a night. Uh, yeah, yeah. And high profile fights, five million. I, I'm Bruce. I don't know if you know this. Uh, I haven't really shared it with you. But over the last year, I've had two people email me screen grabs where it said I was worth four million and nine million. Nice, TJ. Uh, I'd really like to be worth like two hundred thousand. Okay, that I'd like to be worth that little. Four million and nine million people. Come on, like I don't know where these people get their numbers. Like, hey, they they say my brother's made four hundred million in yeah, his career. Yeah, that you know I what mean, that comes from? That comes from a quote that I was once quoted in an article, where at the time it was around two thousand five or so. And we could quoted that we have sold over four hundred million dollars in retail sales of products and ventures right. with let's get ready to rumble licenses. But that and doesn't Michael mean Zim you make licensed. that all that money. Heck no, no hell that's just, no. That's just what has been retailed and you get a percentage based on the deals. You know what I mean? Like I people It's still it's still good money, but it's not sure, 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 sure. But people fall in love with these big round numbers and they think that it's a hard line rule that oh if if Jock Jam CD sells for fifteen dollars, then Michael Buffer gets fifteen dollars. Like, no. Well, well, no. What we did get is gold and platinum records on the wall. I don't know how hey. much those are worth, but no, not the other. Hey, uh, they're worth a lot because records don't go gold and platinum anymore. So, love that, cherish those. Yeah, yeah, I cherish them. All right, guys, one last bit here. Uh, Sammy, you know how big of a collector of memorabilia Brian is. I am everything else. I have an update. It was only about a month or two ago. I talked about my. 1961-62 Fleer basketball wax pack, which could contain the rookie card of Will Chamberlain. I paid $1,100 for roughly five years ago. I bought two of them at $1,100 each, and how they just sold for $2,300 two months ago. Well, get this. They, a box with 24 unopened packs in it of 1961-62 Fleer basketball wax packs just sold at auction for $84,000. Making the pack that I paid 1100 for five years ago now worth $3,500 or more each, guaranteed. Crazy, crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy. That is crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. Love, love that investment. Love collecting those items. All right, Sammy, that's it. I think we had a really good show today. We definitely went a little overtime than normal, but a lot of interesting stories here. A lot of nice quotes and not one F-bomb from Sammy Phillips. I paid attention. Not Sammy. true. Not true. What? I'm auditing oh, you did? on this. She dropped at least two. Did she really? Yeah, one yeah. one referring to Cuomo, mm. and then one referring to just how drunk she got last night. Okay, I missed it. I guess I was just enjoying the grace of her voice. Ah, <laughs> oh, see, you were razzle dazzled by by my tone that you didn't even realize that I was f bombing up a storm. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. You lost me with razzle dazzled, Bruce. Tell me, tell me that you want to do show prep again with Sammy, and she'll give you a razzie. Um, dazzle that razzle. All I can say is that I'm always open to suggestion. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> Sammy's definitely a lot of fun to go have fun with. And we'll yeah, have a nice, we'll have a nice dinner together very soon, Sammy. I promise. I'd like to take you out for your birthday. Okay. That's awesome. I'm excited. That'd be good. Maybe you and Brian and I will go to a really nice place. Actually, I've been wanting to go to Mastro's, uh, or, um, one of the other prime, uh, steakhouses, uh, Morton's. Let's go. Let's go check out Morton's together. Maybe one night we'll just have a yeah. nice little birthday dinner. That'd be fun. I would love it. Okay. All right. 
All right, everybody. Sammy, anything to tell us uh, that you haven't told us already? Uh, no, just follow me um, on Instagram. It's Sam's Pajama Party. On Twitter, it's The Single Life. And Facebook, it's Sammy Phillips. Sounds good. And by the way, Sammy, uh, the, the picture you posted, one of your penthouse pet pictures. Uh-huh. Oh, gosh. I mean, not that you're not beautiful now, but so beautiful in that picture. I'm going to have to use it in the show promo. I hope you don't mind. Oh, I don't mind. See, penthouse posted it. Uh, um, you can see my nipple in it. So I don't think it's a good – they're going to – I have a feeling they're going to take it down. But Now, look at that. See, I was looking at your beautiful face, and I didn't even know that. See, how how, how respectful can I be? Seriously. Oh, my God. You are the most respectful show prep co-host there is. And that's why after I hang up this uh, show, you know, recording equipment here, I'm going to be checking out that picture again. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, TJ, what's happening? Um. What do you mean? Like in general? Did you want to tell anybody oh, anything special? I don't know. Follow me on Twitter at TJ Desantis. Follow me on Instagram at TJ Desantis. What do I got going on? I don't know. There it is. There I it is, know. folks. Sometimes it gets so exciting on the show when we talk to TJ Desantis. Just kidding, TJ. Hey, I for, I mean, I I forgot we were doing a show. I thought we were just hanging out. I mean, I, 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 almost, I almost told Sam I love her. Oh, you Ooh. do. I know. You do. My, I, mean, I didn't, but... You know. No, you just did. No, I didn't. Yeah. I said I almost oh. said I love you, no, but I, I, no. I didn't say I love you. No, I always told Sam I love her. So I'm a big, I'm a big fan of you, Sam. You're great. You admitted that you loved me because you said I almost told Sam I loved her. So that's it. Didn't mean it was truth. No, you admitted the truth and then admitted that you almost admitted it. All right, fine. I love you, right. Buff. Oh, I love you, Buff. Oh. I love you, Buff. <laughs> love, love you too, TJ. <laughs> Sammy, love you. Love you, doll. I Have love a, you, Brucey. Celebrate your birthday. I always, I always celebrate mine a week before and a week after. It's not every day I wake up. So just enjoy it. Your birthday is forever. May 21st you. is yours. I know that. May 21st coming up, folks. When's my birthday, 62? Buff? Mm. Exactly. You don't know. Mm. All right. It's all right. It's all right. No, that's not fair. I should I should know that, TJ. It's all right. I should. It's all right. Yeah. It's not all right. It's, all right. it's not all right. It it's not all right. right. It's, all right. it's not all right. I, I, you know, the fact is, anyway, when November 25th comes around, I'll try oh, to remember. Oh, hey! Ah, ha, ha. Wow. Thank you very much. I'm surprised Hello. you have that in there. Wow. Good oh, job, yep. Buff. Yep. Thank you very much. After 11 uh, years this May, you know, you should know. Crazy. It's crazy. All right, everybody. Sammy, thank you. Yeah. Love you. Love you. you. TJ, thank you. Love you. See you soon. Talk to you soon. Next week, as a matter of fact. Uh, next week, I think we are going to have another. I've, got, I've already set up a guest. I won't say it right now, but if they say yes, we're going to. Oh, Michael Babcock from TMZ is going to be on next week. Great. We'll have to yeah. talk particulars because I'm going to travel next week. We'll figure it okay, out. Okay, yeah. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the show. Everybody all around the world. Again, I'm in Prague. I'm in Australia. People tell me they act. They listen. In Prague? I, in TJ, every in time Prague? I go away. They listen Prague, in Prague? Czech Republic, my friend. Uh -huh. But uh, it's just great to hear that people are enjoying its time all around the world. I love it. So to everybody out there, have a great week. Be a role model to your sphere of influence. Set your goals. Write them down. Learn about them. So when you set on that path, you can be the best you can be. Once you step on it, stand tall. Walk straight. Let them know you're in the room. And just be the best you can be. And if you're the best and make the most money, great. And if you're the best and make whatever, great. The bottom line is... Do your best. Believe in yourself because then you're winning. Enjoy your week, everybody. I'll see you from the Octagon on Saturday for UFC 235. Be back next week. 
Buffer out. It's time with Bruce Buffer is a TJ DeSantis production and is property of Buffer Enterprises Incorporated. Its content is intended for private use only. Total Wine and More announces points with a purpose. Now through September 13th, collect five times points on wines and spirits. Points earned equals a matching donation to local charities, up to $2 million in total. Shop with us today or visit TotalWine.com. Terms and conditions apply. Total Wine and More announces points with a purpose. Now through September 13th, collect five times points on wines and spirits. Points earned equals a matching donation to local charities, up to $2 million in total. Shop with us today or visit TotalWine.com. Terms and conditions apply. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> Auto Trader.